like beer? Do you want to learn how to make your own beer? It's time for Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Here's your host, Jeremy White and Bert Deister. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It here on ESPN 1520. Jeremy White with Bert Deister. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. How things go for uh, Learn to Homebrew Day? Very well, very well. So we got our hopefully last edition of the New England style IPA box kit started in the beginning brewing class. Um, and we also have a Pilsner going for the all grain demo. And a lot of people took advantage of the 15% off the sacks of grain. So. Sadly, they're back to full price now, but we still have tons in stock, but people really cleared us out, and so we've been throwing more sacks up at the front of the store all week. And how about the the demo itself? Like Demo went well. Attentive people? You think Attentive, you're... you know, a lot of good hands-on learning and questions. One of the reasons why we love the demos, people can come right up and start asking questions. Yep. Um, some people take more advantage of that than others, don't feel guilty. That's why we're there. Um so, yeah, and we got a beer out of it. And there were no equipment problems throughout nice. the entire demo. Often when you're trying to teach and kind of ignore the equipment, the equipment starts to misbehave. But none of that this weekend. And for anyone that maybe they couldn't make it, they missed it, um, you know, it might not be a while before you do another demo. But really, you can come into the store at any time and ask a bunch of questions. Yep. Like You can kind of basically get that experience on a personal level almost every yeah. day. The equipment's still sitting there right now. We're not going to fire it up on the you know, Tuesday afternoon. But... If you have some questions, we can come in. We can kind of show you how we would do stuff um, and show you what the equipment looks like, as well as show you our batches fermenting as well. We love to show off our fermenting beer. Were you able to give more of the Crunchberry Ale out? That was still very popular. Yeah, yeah we brought in uh, two and a half gallons and a three-gallon keg, especially for the event, and it went over really well. All right, very good. Uh, this weekend, it mar- also marks Veterans Day. We've, we've got mm-hmm. Veterans Day coming up on Monday, so uh, Armed Services Discount. Yes, and thank you to all of our veterans out there. Uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, we decided that instead of doing um, our you know, service discounts for our armed forces uh, just on Veterans Day and Memorial Day, that we would do it the full year. So anybody calling, wondering about when are we going to do the veteran sale, it's year-round. Um, you don't have to wait for our convenience. You can come in and get that discount at yours. All right. And let's talk about what's in stock. Anything uh, moving of significance, moving fast, or anything restocked? We have restocked? more Galaxy and Nelson stocked back in after a sale. A lot of brewers use the sale to take advantage and get a couple ounces of those. And we also have some new hops in, as always. The one that I think is most popular right now is Vic Secret out of Australia. It's a big 20-ounce um, dual-purpose hop, um, and we'll see how popular it is. Maybe as popular as Galaxy, maybe not, but we have it in stock, so if you want to try it out, come and try it out. That's we'll a, probably have a you know a smash with yeah. it sometime soon. Have you had it before? It. I've never had it before. I've had beers with it that were real good, but it was never a smash. It was always yeah. a couple of different hops. That's the one nice thing about home brewing is we talk about these new ingredients. Um commercial breweries will have to first experiment with these hops then they'll have to contract for the hops about three years out remember we had rudy yeah he, he said yeah. it's like trying to predict what type of hamburgers you're going to sell and how many three years out being a restaurant so these newer hops usually take two to three years to really start showing up in you know common beers besides limited release so if you want to kind of find out what's new and upcoming, the only way to do it is a homebrew. And if you are a homebrewer, the best way to do that is to make a smash. That's single malt, single hop. So you take a malt that you're interested in, a base malt, and you take a hop and you make a pale ale out of both or an IPA, and it gives you an idea of kind of what those ingredients kind of provide. And that's called Vic Secret. Vic Secret. Not to be confused with Victoria's Secret. Not the name brand, yeah. And do, do you know... 
you, you were talking about the hop profile itself. Do you know what kind of what to expect? No, I'm not, not yet. Not yet. I mean, it has a description on there. Um, I have bought an ounce to set aside. I mm-hmm. haven't memorized the description yet. Yeah, and, and it's supposed to be very stone fruity, slightly citrusy. I would expect much of what we've seen out of a lot of the other Australian. Uh, Australian, New Zealand hops. So, just expect a competitor to Galaxy here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Santas of Swig. They've got an event coming up. Yes, they do. And they have a homebrew fundraiser for the Matt Urban Hope Center. Uh, it's Saturday, December 2nd, um, 1 to 4 p.m. at Buffalo Ironworks. I believe they're still taking entries. Uh, they might be getting close to the top. Uh, ticket price is $20. And if you want to, you can bring a unwrapped toy of a $10 value to receive 10 free raffle tickets for their basket raffle. Um, this is a great fundraiser, and it's uh, very interesting uh, if you are a craft beer fan every beer here is going to be the one-off beer uh, it's something you won't be able to try again as home brewers and as commercial brewers you often don't want to try something extremely experimental at least at a five gallon batch or for a brewer anything other than a pilot batch because you don't know if it's going to sell these events are wonderful because you have a bunch of people to try your beer so mm-hmm. if you're a home brewer and you have a weird beer that you like to make but you tend not to go through five gallons of this is a perfect excuse to make it and if you're a craft beer fan and somehow you're just too bored with the craft beer scene right now this is going to take it one step further this is going to be really on the exotic and kind of one-time you know recipes okay very good so santas of swig that'll be december 2nd from one to four buffalo ironworks ticket price is twenty dollars you can donate an unwrapped toy of a ten dollar value and get ten free raffle tickets as well and it's a fundraiser for the matt urban hope center uh we're also thinking about brew competitions coming on yes so i mean the, the ones that everybody are looking at is you have you know awog which is usually in late winter followed by um uniha uh, upstate New York's uh, in uh, early spring. Um, but there's another one being added. The Taste of Buffalo is going to be doing a homebrew competition. Now, we don't kind of have all the information on this yet, but they will, you know, they started kind of passing us. We're going to be a drop-off location. I do okay. know that. The deadline's going to be sometime in early January, and they will have limited categories at least the first year. So don't start brewing quite yet. This is but the, you might want to keep it from the Taste open. of Buffalo. The Taste of Buffalo. They're going to do a homebrew competition. The winning... Uh, uh, entry is going to be brewed by 12 Gates Brewing Company. Um, but again, we don't know what the styles are going to be. It is going to be limited styles. So don't start brewing yet. But if you got a couple of bottles of good beer sitting around that you brewed and you're proud Perfect, of, yeah. start setting it aside. And, you know, hopefully when we find out the categories here, yeah. you can enter it in. Uh, the Taste of Buffalo is also a summer event. Is there going to be a separate brew competition? Well, I think it's going to be like you see with Erie County Fair. Okay. You know what I mean? So the, the brew competition for Erie County Fair is... A separate event. Two months before. Yep. And, and that's because you have to give the homebrewers time to brew. you got to give judges time to judge. you got to break it all down. you got to end up with the best of show. And then if you want somebody like, you know, Flying Bison does for the Erie County, or I'm sorry, for the, the fair, that you will also see 12 Gates doing for the Taste of Buffalo. They need the time to formulate that recipe, do a, a pilot batch, you know, and then work it up to a full fermentation and have it ready by the date. So with often with these, you know, competitions where there's going to be a commercial beer brewed, they have to be well out in advance. So mark it on your calendar. Start thinking about some of your better recipes, and we'll let you know as soon as we know 
what categories are going to be available. All right. And also, before we get into today's show, which is going to be what to do, when to worry, how to deal with stuck fermentation, uh, wine and cider making, still very much popular this time of yes, year. Yes, and, and actually, they're kind of getting into full swing with the cider making. Once the snow flies, which you, you got did it. yesterday. Once you get this really colder weather, yeah, you tend to see not only easier for fermentation, but some of the actually more uh, orientated for hard cider making apples and pears <coughs> kind of ripen a little bit later and generally the farmers or or people who are pressing them like to leave them on a little bit longer because they lose a little bit of water content obviously the you know when it's really cold like this the ambient humidity is really low the freezing action tends to break down some of the cells release some pectin but also pull some water out of the fruit so you get more sugar um, a little less you know fermentables and you get a better tasting cider usually with a later harvest so that's something to watch out for. Um, I know like Blackman Farms is just starting to press their pear juice for perry making. Okay. So if you're looking one for particular for perry making, Blackman Farms is just starting to press that. Very good. All right, so let's get to the meat of the show today. When to worry and how to deal with a stuck fermentation. And it comes with your number one disclaimer, yes. your number one most asked question forever and ever and ever. Amen. Yeah, please stop trusting your airlocks. They are not an indication of fermentation. They, they are just there, and they're just designed to let any excess pressure um, escape. So if you don't see bubbles, it doesn't mean necessarily that you don't have fermentation, but it guarantees that you don't have a seal or that you're, uh, you don't have enough pressure, rather, to move that airlock over. So before you start worrying and you end up on Google, before you are trying to call us, you know what I mean, the first minutes were open, open up the fermenter. Don't use your airlock to judge fermentation. Use a hydrometer, use your eyes, use your nose. They're all going to be better judges than the airlocks. This is always something we get, especially with new brewers. So call in, they say, my own airlock only bubbled for two days. I think my fermentation is stuck. And what happened is, again, the bucket doesn't make a great seal. Um, you have gas, you know, escaping someplace else. In the first, like, 48 hours of fermentation, there's so much gas being uh, produce that it can escape in those leaks and still have some to go through the airlock. Once the fermentation starts to slow down, you don't have that much pressure, so it's just leaking out the lid of the bucket. It doesn't also have the pressure it needs to push the airlock. So before you give us a call, open up the bucket. Take a look at what you got inside. See if there's any foam on top. Um, and then take a gravity reading. Um, if your gravity reading is right around where your final gravity should be, you're done. You know what I mean? If you mm-hmm. open it up and it's, it's not quite there yet, but you still see active signs of fermentation, so a little bit of foam at the top of the beer, you know that you're getting there and just keep an eye on it. Um, so that's our kind of first disclaimer is you may not have a stuck fermentation, but with the weather the way it is right now and this very quick cold snap, um, I know a lot of people will be calling in and they will justifiably have a stuck fermentation. And so why we're doing the show this week is because it is a week of stuck fermentations, or at least for first time, Mm -hmm. stuck fermentations, if you have one going. It's almost interesting that it comes about five days right after Learned Homebrew Day. (laughs) you got people doing all these beers across. They're probably right getting 70% attenuation on day four, and then all of a sudden they get hit with a big temperature snap, and that's going to shut them down almost instantly. Yeah. So... Let's kind of talk about what 
causes fermentation to stop here okay. first before we get into the meat. Because it can be a number of factors. Yeah, and, and really we, we can look at three. I mean, there may be a, you know, a plethora of causes, but there's really only three factors that we need to look at. The first one we're just talking about, temperature. Um, the second one is lack of fermentable sugars, and the third is stressed yeast. Now, all of these can be um, kind of prevented, um, but it's obviously... If you're in this position, you want to save this batch of beer, you want to make sure it finishes out, um, and you're going to need to do something about it. So as we look at, you know, what we can do, first we need to figure out what we think might be going on. So you open up the fermenter, you look at the lid, and you see that there's no foam. Um, you're only halfway attenuated, only ate about 50% of the sugar. Um, first check the temperature. Most stock fermentations that we found have come from a drop in temperature. And I know that you have a thermostat, and I know that it's keeping your living room at 65 degrees while you're gone or 62 and it's keeping, you know, 70 while you're there, but that doesn't mean your fermentation sitting in the basement or down at like, you see, if it's on your kitchen floor or something like that, down at knee level, that's not the temperature it is. It's 70 degrees just when you're home up at chest level. If you have it on the floor, if you have it in the basement, it's probably not 65 to 70 degrees, and you want to make sure of that. So if you have a thermometer on the side of the fermentation vessel, one of the liquid crystal, I usually put a lot of faith into those. They're really accurate. Um, if you don't trust it, open it up and actually read the temperature off the beer, and it mm -hmm. might surprise you that it's sitting down at 58. Now... Yeast attenuation is kind of based off of temperature, meaning if you raise the temperature a little bit, the yeast attenuation go up a little bit. So even if it was cold at the start, it might ferment 50% of the sugar, but then it doesn't have the warmth that it needs to ferment the rest. So just because it started doesn't mean it's not also still temperature. Um, so this is the easiest one to deal with. Find a warmer place to put the fermentation. You might want to put it into a thing with some warm water, not hot water, but warm water around to try to warm it up rapidly. Don't overshoot your target temperature. Then once you reach your target temperature, you have to agitate the yeast back up into the beer because when it got cold, they all flocculated, so they all fell down to the bottom. Yeast can't move themselves. They can't swim back up in the beer necessarily to eat more sugar, and that's where all the sugar is. So you're going to have to agitate them back up into fermentation. And you may want to start with a fresh yeast pack here. If, you, if you've had it stuck, if it sat for more than 24 hours crash, especially if more than 48 hours crashed, or you believe if you didn't check on it, you're going to want to add some fresh yeast here, and that's really going to help guarantee that when you stir the yeast back up into fermentation that they don't produce a lot of off flavors. Okay. So Let's get a break in before, yeah. because we got you got a lot more to get to in terms of uh, preventing, you know, prevention. There's uh, ways to rescue something like this, but also ways to prevent that it doesn't happen. So we'll get to all that on the other side. Niagara Traditions just brew it here on ESPN 1520 with Jeremy White and Bert Deister. Jeremy White here for Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. You're listening to Just Brew It, which means... Either you homebrew or you're thinking about it. Wherever you are in the process, Niagara Tradition Homebrew is your source for everything homebrewing. Do what I did. Get a starter kit, and you'll be well on your way. Niagara Tradition will be there to answer your questions, give you advice, and as I try to become a more seasoned brewer, I know I can count on Niagara Tradition to be there with the supplies and the advice I need. Niagara Tradition Homebrewing Supply. 
1296 Sheridan Drive, near Military, in Tonawanda. Open Monday through Friday, 11 to 7, Saturdays, 10 to 4, and 24-7 at nthomebrew.com. Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Pay them a visit, and remember to just brew it. All right, back here on Niagara Tradition, Jeremy White and Bert Deister, Stuck Fermentation. We're, we're back there and uh, continuing our conversation about yeah. what to do in the event of a stuck fermentation, uh, depending on the cause. Yeah, and so we'll get to how to prevent it later. Right now we're talking about what to do if you have a stuck fermentation. Now, the next thing that you might start looking at is the stressed yeast. Now, you can always just try to adding more yeast and energizer um, and it might have been if you just didn't have enough yeast at pitch. So if you had a bigger beer, you had an old yeast packet, your starter didn't go so well, um, you may just have not had enough yeast, and fresh yeast may solve that problem. Um, often what happens, too, is the, the yeast selected is just not up to the job. If you're trying to do a you know 11% or you know 9% uh, big IPA, yet you selected a, like, northern English yeast that's limit really is about 9%, um, it's not going to work out too well. Um, it's going to start stressing, even if it has all the oxygen and all the minerals and all the nutrients it needs, that alcohol level is going to become quite a stressor, as well as the starting sugar is also a stressor there too. Um, so you may want to hold off if you're doing extract with add some of the extracts later, um, but you also want to try to look at a better kind of yeast for that recipe. Now, you want to take that yeast and you want to add it in there now because you're going to get fresh cells, a lot of dried yeast, and I often go for dried yeast for this because it's packed with nutrients, the same stuff that's going to be in your energizers or, you know, kind of high-end yeast nutrients. Um, and this isn't a surrender. A lot of breweries use multiple yeasts to ferment their batch of beer. You just didn't know you were doing it at pitching time. You kind of found out on a couple of days into the fermentation. So add another yeast packet. Agitate a little bit. You want to get some oxygen in there. You don't want to beat it up like the first time you did it because you want the yeast to really eat all that oxygen very quickly so it doesn't oxidize the beer. Um, and then you are hoping it's going to start fermenting again. And this is the kind of fermentation you're definitely not going to see with an airlock because it's not going to ferment as fast and as vigorous as it did before. This may take a week. It may take two weeks. You may see some airlock sign, but you're really going to have to check with a hydrometer. And if after two days, three days, it's not moving, you may want to try another answer. So if after three days you haven't seen any drop in gravity, you may want to try something else. Now, the next kind of stuck fermentation that we see, usually brewers see coming, and that's lack of fermentable sugars. There's not much you can do here. There's really kind of only one option, and that's adding amylase enzyme, um, and hopefully to try to break down some of these carbohydrates that the yeast cannot. So now, lack of fermentable sugars would it mean that you failed somewhere earlier in the process? Yes, you got it, in the mash means usually you mashed a little bit too hot or if you're an extract brewer maybe your boil was a little bit too concentrated so you have a heavy maillard reaction that's usually easy to see because you'll get a little bit more caramel flavors a little bit more um, you know color as well but that is probably the least likely but often does happen to brewers and usually you see this one coming 
um, you you know, went back to the you know mash day. You had a you realized your first hydrometer was bad and that you were low on the mash temperature. You tried to heat the mash. It got a little bit too hot, so you ended up mashing close to 158 instead of your desired 154. The whole process screwed you up and made the mash go an hour and a half. So you you don't know what your you know fermentability looks like anymore. Um, often these beers they fail at kind of just like a little bit. And this is where we can get into stuck fermentation versus desired attenuation. So a stuck fermentation is where you fermented about 40% of the sugar. I would say if you didn't get your desired attenuation, it's because you missed your target gravity by, you know, like five, Mm -hmm. you know, to eight points at the finish. So it's a little bit sweeter than you want. Um, One is worse fixing, the stuck fermentation. Um, The... If you're not getting your desired attenuation, that's something really to kind of look at for your next batch. You know, lower your temperatures, uh, let the uh, mash go a little bit longer to try to bring that terminal gravity down. Um, But again, there's not a lot you can do about it besides adding the amylase enzyme and then also adding some more yeast as well. And then hoping the amylase enzyme breaks down enough of the sugars at room temperature that it you know, starts to ferment again. Um, and that's really you're all going to be able to do for this batch if you don't have enough fermentable sugars. Because mm-hmm. obviously you have sugars because you're still seeing a high hydrometer reading. The yeast just won't ferment them. Mm-hmm. Um, so not much you can do. Now what you can do is kind of prevent these problems in your next beer. Um, check your recipe and look at the steps of your yeast. Uh, you always want to be overshooting with your yeast's potential alcohol than what your recipe says. So if you're going to ferment an eight and a half beer, I would love to see you use a yeast that can ferment up to 10% alcohol. Um, if you're going over 10%, you're probably going to have to, like we were talking about before, use two yeasts. You're going to have to predict your regular yeast that you want to brew into any flavor. So maybe it's like, uh, you know, in like 13, 18 New England style and you wanted that kind of creamy effect. Or you're going for a Belgian beer and you really want a nice, you know, nose of clove and banana. You may also need that Ardennes or Champagne yeast, though, to get that final bit of work done. Now, there's two schools of thought to this. You can put them in together, let them duke it out, which is probably my favorite. Um, Or you can wait until you kind of start to see the first yeast slow down, and then you need a really big pitch of the second yeast to kind of help do the work. Since the second yeast is not going to get any oxygen or any uh, nutrients that were the first yeast consumed. Um, So I kind of prefer to do them both at once. That way both you know, cultures get a lot of oxygen, they get uh, a chance to lag, and usually the same yeast that we're looking for for the flavor, the traditional brewing yeast, ferment faster anyways. So you don't have to worry about the champagne yeast or something taking over and kind of robbing all your flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, keep your mash low, keep your boil short, and if you're an extract uh, brewer, uh, you know, look at, you know, how vigorous you're boiling and if you can boil a little bit more. Um, you should be losing about 10%, 15% of your volume. If you're losing 30% of your volume during the boil, whether you're an extract brewer or you're an all-grain brewer, you're probably causing a little bit of uh you know, Maillard reaction, and that may be factoring into it. So if you're changing stuff in your mash, if you're changing your recipes, if you're changing your yeast, you're still getting beers that maybe aren't, you know, attenuating as much as you want, you might want to look at how much you're boiling. Um, 
use nutrients. Uh, if you're doing a stronger beer, if you're having problems, use nutrients and use a good one. Don't just use DAP. Use like the Y yeast brand, use Fermax, use the yeast energizer, uh, Fermade K, one that has botan, manganese, and uh, kind of other vitamins and minerals in it. That's really going to help. Um, you know, your yeast kind of in that final stage. They're going to be healthier yeast at the beginning, so when you get to the end of the fermentation, they're going to be able to put in that much more. Um, next, aerate the living daylights out of it. Um, if you didn't pitch enough yeast, if, if it wasn't uh, maybe the right yeast, having a good aeration can solve a lot of problems, can uh, really prevent from, again, attenuation, but also phenol production. So if you have a lot of aeration, you have healthy yeast, and they do get cold crafts, they're less likely to produce some fusols or, you know, go into autolysis or something like that. So having a lot of oxygen at the beginning will prevent the stuck fermentations. And also control your temperature. I, this, I am very guilty on this, and I'm a little bit guilty on the uh, lager that we did this weekend. I didn't do any temperature increase for three days because after brewing two days, after getting ready for the sale, after doing the radio show, once I got that beer into the fermenter, I kind of forgot about it. And you think your work is done. I came back on day three. It was starting to come down on Croix, and it hadn't hit the right gravity yet, so I kind of rushed it up, and I was able to save it. Um, having a fermentation chamber, you know, is obviously really nice here. Some people have prog programmable chambers. So if you're doing a lager or something that requires multiple fermentation temperatures, you can, um, you know, adjust and have it do that, you know, for three days, first five days of kind of increased temperatures for you. But for most of us, it's kind of looking at the fermenter, moving it around the house, adding, you know, warm water bottles or cold water bottles or a heating pad to, you know, the side of your fermenter to try to control the fermentation. But keep on it. Keep looking at it. The next morning after you brew, check the fermentation temperature um, because that's always going to be the biggest thing. If you see a cold snap like this coming, you may want to go insulate your fermenters. It's going to buy you a little bit more time when you get home from work. They're going to hold on to more of that heat. Um, you may just want to move them up to the first floor and move them by the thermostat. Again, that might not make you popular <laughs> while you're fermenting, but when the beer tastes good and it all turns out on time, you'll be popular then. Yeah. Um, so... As always, um, with one of our what to do episodes, we're going back to prevention. Right. <laughs> so right. There's, there's only so much you can do with a beer once it's stuck. There's a lot you can do to prevent a beer from getting stuck again. All right. All you needed to know about stuck fermentations, how to stop them, how to prevent them. Reminder for that uh, Taste of Buffalo homebrew competition, start thinking about that. You know, just put it in the, yeah. put in the back of your Go mind. Go to the notebook, start, you know, yeah. looking at the better recipes. And the Santas of Swig, December 2nd, 1 to 4, Buffalo Ironworks. Uh, tickets are $20, and you can go to sultansofswig.com for that. We're back next week here on Niagara Traditions. Just brew it on ESPN 1520. You've been listening to Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew. Whether you're a seasoned brewer or just want to get started, visit them at 1296 Sheridan Drive in Tonawanda or online at nthomebrew.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Just Brew It.